Hello, and welcome back to Bestie Chats with Soph. I am your host, Sophia Pinella, and I'm so happy to have you here. This episode is sponsored by Legion Athletics. Legion is the number one best-selling brand of all natural sports supplements with over 400,000 customers served and 3 million bottles sold. But you guys know how I roll. I'll be honest in telling you that supplements are not going to be the end solution to reaching your goals. And let me make it clear that you do not need supplements in order to reach your goals. Supplements are to be used if there are spaces in your diet that need to be filled or if you're deficient in any vitamins and minerals. That's where dietary supplements will help you out. Legion has been the only supplement company that doesn't leave me feeling like garbo, and that's because it's all natural supplements, and better yet, they're all backed by research and science. Like, it doesn't get better than that. My favorite products from Legion I use every day are their original grains, the peach ring pre-workout flavor, I'm not joking, you guys, it literally tastes like the peach rings candy, and both the grass-fed whey and vegan cinnamon cereal protein powder best protein powder of all time. Both, both of them. They're so good. You can go to www.legionathletics.com and take the quiz to see what supplements will best fit you towards reaching your goals. And don't forget to use code Sophia at checkout. You guys, I am so excited for today's episode because we have our first ever guest on the pod. I want to introduce you all to my best friend, my biggest inspiration, don't start crying. Okay. <laughs> my older sister, Francesca. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my God, this is so exciting. Like, I cannot believe we're doing this right now. No, it's actually quite crazy because we've said, I feel like for the entirety of our lives, like we need some sort of recording device on us Together. at all times. And we're going to be able Whether to look back at this. Being Oh, that's cute. Oh my God, that's, that's kind of cute. That's kind of cute. That is cute. We can show our kids one day. Yes, and be like, this is it. This this, this is what you're going to be in 10, 15 years. This is years. what you have to look forward to. Oh my gosh, you guys. So this is going to be such a fun episode. And I feel like you guys are going to know a little bit more about me once you get to know my sister here. And I first wanted to start off with her nickname, because although her name is Francesca, she doesn't go by Francesca. She goes by a nickname. And you if you follow me on social media, Instagram, maybe TikTok, you see me repost somebody random named Chooch on my story. And you're probably like, who is that? And why the name Chooch? It's really random, but that has been your nickname for as long as I've known you. Yeah. And then a couple more years past that, because because you because this older. was yeah, yeah this was <laughs> no uh this born. was from when I was born um our mom shout out Sue we love you love you mom it's like a three-way tie between Sue Nash and myself for like biggest fan of the pod yeah just letting you know like <laughs> also just biggest fans in life oh so my God, I love you guys. no so um my mom um kind of came came out with this nickname inspired by the movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Everybody raise your hand if you've seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I can see your hands raised. Thank you. The real ones know. Okay. So my hand is raised, obviously. Um, No, so there's a song in that movie and it's part of a very funny scene where this king and this queen are almost trying to off each other. Mm -hmm. But in, in the movie... I can't sing because I'm tone deaf. Uh, mm-hmm. The lyrics go, you're my little choo face and you're my teddy bear. Together we're an ochi-gochi-wochi-chi-chi pair. And my mom used to sing that to me as a baby and it just stuck 
me being called her Chuchi face. And so it just evolved over time to Chuchi, Chuchu, and Chooch. Um, and I think I kind of always talk about growing up, I played soccer like the entirety of my life. And Francesca is just a bit of a mouthful to say mm-hmm. on the soccer field. Spell. It's hard to spell. It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot. So Chooch was just easier. Um, and kind of my tagline in life when I introduce myself is, hi, my name is Francesca, but you can call me Chooch yes. if you want. Yes. So. And that's like her, I, I feel like only close people in our lives call you Francesca or Franny. There, or there's there's only, people. there's only, I think two or three people that call me Fran or Franny. Yeah. Um, there's some, there's it. only like a few people that call you Frankie, but that's like our dad's friends. Mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, so let's just get that out of the way. Cause I'm going to refer to her as Chooch probably in this podcast. Cause that's how I know her and love her. But you guys, I'm so excited to give you a perspective. It's almost like another identity of me is my sister. She's three years older than me. And we've always been really close growing up. Although I will say, you know, oh, God. Say, know. when we were younger, I have a huge imagination, you guys, like the biggest imagination that you can think of. Multiply that by 10. That is me. I always have and always will have had a big imagination. And the best way I feel like to describe my sister and myself, and this is how my mom describes it, is that my sister's an old soul. Like she's lived probably at least 10 other lives on this earth. Like old soul, always been like that. For me, I'm brand fucking new to this world. I am experiencing life for the first time. Like this is a new soul in this life. And that's kind of the difference between us two. But um, yeah, growing up, um, did you ever really play with me? No, I didn't. Yeah. Which, which is tough looking back, but I just think so for me, I am such like a realist kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, well, okay. What's your sign? So I'm a Capricorn. Let's just, should we end the podcast there? I feel we like should. that's all that everybody that's needs it. to know about that, you. You don't need to know a damn thing about me. The most type A Capricorn that you can imagine. So um, I think for me growing up watching Sophia, she just had this vibrant imagination. She was constantly playing. Like she would make just the most simple things like in a whole production. Like she used to sit in a laundry basket, mm-hmm. grab a dinner plate and pretend that she was in a race car. Yeah. And she would just sit there. And I'd, I'd sit there. I'd be like, my brain was like, why on earth would you want to be sitting fucking crammed into a laundry basket? And a dinner plate isn't a wheel. Yeah. And then, you know, she'd be like, hey, like, let's go play dolls. And I'm like, dolls don't speak. They so don't talk back. So They don't really talk back. So I'm, I'm just a little confused. And Sophia's like, no, no, no. Like, you make up the story. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, then I'd rather read a book. Yeah. You know, I'd okay. rather have a story laid out for me. That's so, the difference between us two. Yeah. But it's worked out really well. And I feel like maybe if you guys have sisters, you might understand this. But having a sister is literally the best thing ever. It's like a built-in best friend. And I feel like you go through lots of ups and downs with sister mm-hmm. relationships. And it's only just us two like it's just us two that's it and then our parents but no other siblings and our our dog yeah our little dog oliver our fur baby brother shout out to oliver we love him um yeah we're kind of obsessed with him it's really bad but with my sister and i i would say in high school we were probably the furthest furthest apart. apart and that was because 
you can probably touch on this a little bit more, but I think that's when you first started realizing that you struggle with your mental health a little bit. Totally. And you didn't really know exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. And nobody in our family knew what it was. I didn't know what it was. Like my sister and I, like I said, we're three years apart. So I was a freshman when she was a senior. So she drove me to school every day. It it was, it was depression. It was, that's what we figured figured it out. We figured it out and it was depression. And that's what she was struggling with for a long time. And there's like life circumstances that happened, you know, throughout school Mm -hmm. and high school that made you, you know, kind of feel the way that you felt, but we didn't really realize what it was. And maybe if you wanted to kind of touch upon struggling with your mental health in high school and how that's kind of been a blessing and a curse for you going throughout your life. Yeah. Yeah. I would say before you get into it, sorry, I know I interrupt everybody, but Mental health is something that I never really personally have struggled with to an extent. Mm -hmm. So I've never really struggled with depression and anxiety. There has been periods of my life where I've definitely like, it's been harder for me to get through, like transferring colleges. I definitely felt a a lot of anxiety doing that. But for me, it's different between you and me because that's, my sister has gone through these experiences of feeling these feelings she can't explain. And I've never been able to relate to that. So it was really hard for me as a sister, as like an outsider perspective to be like, fuck, like, what can I do? Cause I don't, mm-hmm. I can't relate to you on this level. So you're somebody that, you know, I know has gone through these things and it's not been something that I've dealt with. So I feel like for you to touch on this is going to be like really cool. Yeah, no, I think going back to high school, um, you know, we were super fortunate to go to the school mm-hmm. that we went to. Um, definitely kind of grew up around that that campus with our dad. Um, he was a football coach at the the boys' school across the across the way of where we went. So I kind of was excited for the opportunity to go to this like all girls school. And frankly, the the friends that I had, the friends that I made were all like such great people. And right now, like I can confidently say that there's still like my mm-hmm. like close like three four five friends that I like had in in high school that you know through the ups and downs like they they are still my ride or dies to this day mm-hmm. which I which I really appreciate and and I'm so thankful for but high school was such a an interesting time I think for me um I think it's that's the time in my life where I started to look at myself and almost kind of speak to myself in a really, really negative way. Yeah. And I couldn't understand why I think at that time I started to compare myself a lot more. Um, And this was through like many experiences through soccer, like playing soccer through, you know, the classes I was taking through the interests that boys had in me, um, which We'll touch on in a little. We'll touch touch on on the boys' situation in a little bit for sure, because that's that's like been a huge part of your life. But I just think that high school, I just started to, like I said, speak to myself negatively, and that went on for years. And I couldn't figure out, you know, where I was at. I was just down, like all the time. And for someone that is so social, that does Mm -hmm. like speaking to people. I do like to, you know, crack a joke here and there. I'm a super sarcastic person. Like, I just felt like there was almost um, like this little cloud or like a mm-hmm. screen on my personality through high school. And I, I I couldn't figure out what it was. And, you know, come to find out there there is just chemical imbalances in, in some people's brains. And, you, you know, you can't – you have no control over that. Yeah. Okay. So I think that for first and foremost, like – 
this time, like 10 years ago, I wish I could go back and like hug that person mm-hmm. and just be like, you're perfect. You're okay. Yeah, you're going to make it through. Mm-hmm. You're going to have some tough times. You're going to have some beautiful times, some amazing times, some funny times, some sad times. But, you know, you're going to have a way better grip on your mind and your outlook and your mentality a, a little bit later. And you just, you need some experiences and, and things like that. So um, I think, you know, I, if you want to ask me specifics about high school, I'm happy to kind of go into it. But I would say like that is the foundation of what kind of triggered a really, really toxic relationship within myself. Yeah. And yeah. that's huge. And I think touching on the way you started to see yourself mm-hmm. in a negative light and started Horrible. to speak to yourself in a negative way. And that comes, it's probably, I mean, this was like 10 years ago. It's probably happening way earlier now with social media and like middle school, so even maybe elementary school. To give you guys a little tidbit of information, I was, I believe, a sophomore in high school when Instagram first came out, oh, when wow. Snapchat first came out. Yep. When Twitter came out, I Mm -hmm. think I got a Twitter when I was like a sophomore, junior in high school. Facebook, I didn't get one until I was a sophomore, junior. I I had a a BlackBerry as my first. I don't know if we said this at the beginning, but my sister's 27. I'm 24. You graduated high school 2014 and then college in 2018. So my exposure to social media happened you know, really early on in high school. And I think once that like kind of spread, mm, it, it, it did, things. it did change things. Yeah. It, it really did. You know, I, you meet all these people, you follow them and then you start to see snippets. And during that time, when I tell you that we would post like once a day, mm-hmm, like we would, yeah. we would post once a day, it would be like you a women crush Wednesday. Yeah. It would be a throwback Thursday, be a flashback Friday. Like we were posting constantly the filters that we used in were, Instagram too. They were in, oh, in Instagram. Like so it was good. so, it was like, you know, that was like a time. Vine. Let's talk about Vine. Oh my God. I miss Vine. No, I miss Vine. The that six, was six seconds of just uh, greatness. Um, but no, so I think once I started getting exposure at such a like rapid pace mm. of everyone else's life, I just yeah. started to think to myself like, oh, wait, I don't look like that. Or okay, wait, I'm not committing to a college yet for Mm. soccer or wait, all those girls were together and I wasn't invited or, you know, like you start to see, you get other people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's at some points, it's totally great to keep in contact and to be up to date, but there's these seeds like that were planted in my head Mm. of like, just doubt, doubt, doubt about, you know, everything, everything. And also, I, I want to say, my sister, I'm going to toot your own horn. Um, I know you guys from my first episode, uh, when you, it was like a little get to know me episode. I talked about how I was an athlete growing up and stuff. My sister was also like one of the best soccer players That's in funny. the area growing up. I mean, she was so fucking good and really good athlete, just amazing, like amazing soccer IQ, which is not something that you can really teach. Um, so my sister and I were both really, really good athletes growing up. And that was a huge part of who we, it's a huge part no, of who we are now to this day. Yeah. Sure. To this day. And it's a huge part of, it was our entire identities growing mm-hmm. up and our parents, like our vacations, like we weren't a family that went on no. vacations, like once a year to Hawaii or we went to Europe or we went, you know, 
on an RV trip or whatever, we were traveling for soccer and lacrosse. That was it. Like we didn't take family vacations because so much time, energy and money was spent on, you know, soccer camps, college camps, totally all of those different things. And I think, you know, when you said, um, you were seeing other girls like committing to other schools. I know that that was like, that was like such a, a big thing. Yeah. And it, it, I, I don't know what that is like for, for girls nowadays that are in sports and, and, you know, you see, and it's like, these girls are, you know, 14, 15, 16 oh years old, verbally committing to these schools that, you know, when you're 22, like you're going to be a completely different person. So you know, different. you're, you're 18, 19, 20, 22 years old when you're in college that it's like, okay, this such a young baby is crazy is making such a huge decision Mm -hmm. and it works out so well for some people but for others like the burnout is real in Mm -hmm. sports you know there is breaking up with your sport is one of the hardest breakups and heartbreaks that you will go through for sure and I I, that was huge for me yeah you know your ending was both of our endings were pretty rough because I got mono my senior year of high school during playoffs for lacrosse. And at that point I had already decommitted to play in college. So I knew that like my high school season was like my last hurrah. And about two weeks before we were going to end season, we were in playoffs. I ended up getting mono and that ended my career. And that was so shitty not to be able to finish out the season. But for you, very different experience, a little traumatic. I tore my ACL. Mm -hmm. Um, It was actually like, it, it was really a tough kind of couple weeks we had just flown back from Wisconsin from mm. our aunt's funeral. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my dad and I flew back. I, I, you might have flown back with us, but we yeah. flew back early because we we had soccer yeah. and lacrosse. Like, yeah. we, that, like when Sophia says it was our identity, yeah. it, it really everything. truly was um, our everything, you know. We came back and, you know, I had this game and I ended up tearing my ACL in, at this game. And so – in the middle of nowhere, California. Oh God, it was in bumfuck nowhere. It was in just bum like fuck absolute nowhere. fucking tragic. Oh. I'm, it was you know, just I, dad it was just me and dad, yeah. and and you know, our parents are like just such special people, mm-hmm. and you yeah, know, we're super, we're super lucky super because fortunate. we do, we have a very close relationship with our family. Like yeah. we are super close with both of our parents. Um, we've always had an open relationship, but that's something that our parents instilled at a very young age. Um, and the way that our parents spoke to us when we were kids, they spoke to us and treated us as young adults when we were kids. As soon as we were able to speak, we were ordering our own food at the table. Like we would not eat if we didn't order our own food. And that's just kind of how we were treated as kids. And also my parents or our parents made it very open environment for talking about anything, anything. sex, drugs. If you're in trouble, like I know a lot of other parents, I think have this rule, but my dad had this rule that Mm -hmm. he's like, if you are ever in trouble, I don't care what you're doing, who you're with or where you're at. Give give us a call. It doesn't matter what time. Call Call us. I'm going to pick you up and we're not going to talk about it until the morning. And so creating that relationship, my sister and I never snuck out of the house. We didn't have to. Like I did once. No, you did. Oh my God. That was so, I did. You got it on me and Taylor so No, I didn't. No, because I didn't know. You didn't let me in on your No, no, no. You... Because we Wait, were like a- in a fight, and you out of nowhere was like, "Where's well Taylor and Chooch snuck out to like, where did you go? guys go? We went to go see James Bond, like you Skyfall. Did see a movie. We yeah, went, you we did. went to go see Skyfall with like a couple guys from from high school. Like, yeah. Actually, like a large group of people. It yeah. was like twelve of us. Yeah, um, yeah. Tay, if you're listening to yeah. us, that was really fun. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. That's on me. But other than that, 
we really didn't have to sneak out. There was nothing like that. Like it was not, we would just tell our parents, Hey, so-and-so is having people over. Like, here's our ride. Like either I'm driving or so-and-so is giving me a ride and I'm sleeping at their house. Like I will text you. And we always text our parents to be like, Hey, made it at so-and-so's house or like, Hey, made it back home, you know, at so-and-so's house to sleep over. Love you. And like, we always kept that communication open, but that's because our parents allowed us that safe environment. And I know that there's a theory that a lot of people have where I feel like if you do have stricter parents, you're you, like, you be wild now. You're more to prone like, to wild like, out a little bit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're, you're, you're doing your thing. You're going out. And I mean, it That's makes not sense. It's like, not a bad thing. Not but, at all. But also I, I feel like I've seen that with, with some friends mm-hmm. and, and, and things like that. But yeah, I remember that car ride though on the way back with dad and you know, yeah, he was- what I was going to get into with our parents after sp- after sporting games, you know, we were never really yelled at like, oh, you, you did horrible. No. It was like, yeah, you shit the bed. Yeah. And you know, you know it. Yeah. And, and I know you know it. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to sit in this car. We're going to, we're all going to know it. Yeah. You know, and that was just kind of it. Mm-hmm. So it, it wasn't like that car ride. It was just so, so silent. And, and I was just laying in the back seat. Yeah. I had my, my leg up, ice on it. And I was just like crying because mm-hmm. I just, I felt like in my gut, I was like, you knew. oh, this might just change everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it did. It did. I had high hopes and dreams to go play in college, and I feel like that was what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. My parents invested all of this time, all of this money. I invested so much of my time and body um, into the sport that I was like, I, I feel like I, I have to do it. Yeah. You know, I have to do it. Totally. Um, And, you know, I – when I found out, you know, from the doctor that I like blew out my knee, it was just, it was a really sad day. And luckily, like we had some great connections. The, the, um, the doctor who performed my surgery, amazing man. He really um, did do a good job. He did a good job. It's, it's You 10. did patella, right? Yeah. I used my patella tendon. Um, what am I, 10 years out? No, almost 10 no, years yeah. out. Oh, next year it'll be 10 years oh and I God. haven't had a single issue. You really haven't. Um, and, and you were able to, you rehabbed and got back rehabbed on the field in what? And, oh God, six and a half six months. Six and a half fucking it, months. Yeah. It was actually a little bit crazy. I was like, well, cause you were, I mean, I look back yeah. and I just wish that I had taken my time with that, but yeah. I was so Eager mentally unwell yeah. to be like, my future is just going to crumble if I don't because at this point you still wanted to go to college totally for soccer 100 so, like, so I was like I have to get back I have yeah, to get back I have to get back ass. um and you know I got out there and I played my high school season and my body was just working differently yeah um I, I was still like I was still performing I was mm-hmm. still doing doing what I needed to do um but I've naturally been someone that is just hard on myself yeah totally with everything so I think because I wasn't performing to what I knew I was capable of, I was having zero mercy on myself and I was breaking down constantly. Mm -hmm. I was crying after games. I was just like so upset at myself because it's like, oh, I might've scored a goal or I might've assisted, but like I missed three other shots that like could have, you know, and it it just, I I think as athletes, like we are naturally like harder on ourselves Mm -hmm. because we expect perfection. We do. We expect like, Especially if you have a goal to play collegiate sports, like that's that's you su- that's such a small percentage of people that make it, and it really and is. Pr- props to everyone who does, and everyone that walks away with a healthy relationship with the sport and with <sighs> their body and with their coaching staff that they had. That percentage shrinks big time. Oh my when god! You get to college, when you get to tough. college, it's just it's so crazy. So um, 
I want to say that 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 was my junior year. Then that triggered a whole other spiral of emotions Mm. because not only then did I realize that, okay, wait a minute, I was rehabbing. I, you know, was getting to go to concerts with my friends. I was, you know, going out to eat with people and going. I started started experiencing life in a different way where it wasn't, you know, four hours of training after going to high school all day, coming home, doing my homework, going to bed, waking up and doing the whole thing over again, being gone for the weekends, every single weekend. You know, I started to have a bit more of a social life and realized like, oof, you know, I took a step back and I thought, okay, if, you know, I, I were to commit to a school, if, if I got hurt at this school, would I want to be a normal student here? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's like a whole load of shit. I don't think I want to deal with, want to deal with, you know? Um, and with college, with college sports, you know, later on in life, I had a, a, a different experience with college sports, but you are constantly being looked to be replaced. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like a very it, uneasy yeah. place to be. It's so I'm, uneasy that kind of relationship that totally I feel like that's a perfect segue into kind of I would love for you to tell our lovely listeners here about your background with education and your career so far okay because my sister as you guys know she's 27 Mm -hmm. and she's kind of in a phase of her life that I think is so fucking relatable for every single one of you out there and that's why I'm so excited to have her talking with you guys today because She's just so relatable as a person. And a lot of you guys DM me about not mm-hmm. loving where you're at in life and you don't love your career and you're, you're not able to really do all the things you love because you feel a little strapped with money because the economy right now is fucking crazy. Like it doesn't really matter where you live. My sister's in the East Bay area, which is definitely an expensive place to live totally. right now. Totally. And so many other places are the exact same. So tell us about your education, like what you graduated with and kind of your career, all the different kind of jobs you've had since graduating and yeah, what yeah, you're for kind sure. of doing right now. Um, so once I decided not to play soccer, um, I went on a visit to the University of Oregon campus with a friend. Sko Ducks. Sko Ducks, baby. Best place on earth. <laughs> um, I fell in love immediately, got home from that trip, applied a week later, found out I got in. It, it just couldn't have gone better. And I was like, you know what? I'm before the mastering of the pivot, because that's a big thing that you hear nowadays, that couldn't have been the best pivot mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I got to Oregon, um, much like how I am today. Don't, didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Not, you were undeclared going Oh, in. not a fucking clue. Yeah. So yeah. I was an undeclared major. Uh, we, we all had our gen eds that we had to do. Yeah. You know, it didn't really it didn't really matter. And you okay. don't have to like – and I was undeclared too going in. Oh, you I was don't have to figure it out. You don't know. There's, there are some, there, but there are some people that know exactly what they want to do yeah. in life. Slay. You know, and props. What did you first declare us? Oh, okay. So after <laughs> – She after had a hot sack. I was a oh. psychology major. Yeah, which okay. is so lit. Because when you take the Psych 101 and the, 102 classes oh my God. at Oregon. You're just like inspired. Oh, you're like, like, oh, I want to know everything, everything about, about the brain. brain. <laughs> I, I am wanna a psychologist. Know, I want to I look at someone and just absolutely pick apart yeah. everything about so what fun. they're saying and their eye contact and their body language and, and, and things like that. And then I kind of got into it and I was like, oh my God, yeah. you know what? I don't think I want to listen to people's problems because you have a lot to because I, I was like, like wait a minute oh, hold up 
I can't even look at myself yeah. in the mirror yeah. without picking myself apart. Yeah. How am I supposed to be a support system for mm-hmm. someone else? Fair. Um, so yeah, I went back to Undeclared and talked to some girls that were in the sorority that I was in. Uh, and they were in the journalism school. And I remember this girl, Ashley, like sweet, sweet girl. Uh, I just kind of picked her brain about some things. And um, also a good friend, Tabitha, who introduced me to the job that I had, uh, talked to them about being in the J school and the journalism school. And I kind of found my home there. I didn't Mm -hmm. take it super seriously. Mm -hmm. And there were people that did. And there are people that are fucking thriving from Oregon. Yeah, like newscasters, like newscasters broadcasters, broadcasters. They're working like yeah. up in Nike. They're working at these yeah. ad agencies, 72 and Sunny, like these crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy The J places. School in Oregon is really yeah, good. It's, it's hard, really good. It's and good. these people are just absolutely – it's so fun to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was never a my thing. My mm-hmm. thing was Oregon football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she that, – That was my thing. Worked for Oregon football. I did. I did. I worked it as a recruiting and operations intern – for almost I think three and a half years mm-hmm. um it hands down was the best experience I think to date mm-hmm. of my life yeah I sure. um absolutely loved it so when I said earlier how I kind of have a different viewpoint on college athletics it mm-hmm. wasn't playing it was working within and you know you're thinking oh intern you probably didn't do anything I I didn't to start I yeah. was data entry and I was in there and I was just constantly like give me something else to do mm-hmm. give me something else to do and you know that's that's how you build up trust and that's how you experience um and climb the ladder climb the ladder the and then you make these outstanding relationships yeah. with you know, coaches and support staff that are ridiculous. You know, mm-hmm. I still keep in touch with a handful of coaches that are now spread out amongst mm-hmm. the country and their families and their wives and their kids. Um, it, it, it definitely was a family there. It was really, truly, I was so lucky to have that experience. And even though I was just an intern, I would, you know, wake up, I'd go work out, I would go to class and then I'd, I'd go and I'd yeah. spend time at the stadium yeah she worked a lot I just and worked and she I was also in a sorority she had it. a really good sorority experience though obviously I you guys did. know I always I held a position at my sorority yeah. like you slayed I you were the sorority girl like you I loved it, it. Yeah, you I did. you know what I I had a really great great time my friends that I made are just amazing people they're so crazy <laughs> crazy and amazing and so also fun. she made friends with so many other like you lived with other sorority girls so yeah that yeah. was that was a really cool thing is that just so after smart. living in the dorms yeah my dorm experience was heaven on earth mm-hmm. I'm still like best friends so 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 close with she my met freshman her, year her freshman year roommate at our orientation, orientation. and yeah. you were guys like do you want to be roommates roommates sure. we're like yeah and then now it's one of your best friends. um and then sophomore year I lived in the Delta Gamma house um at Oregon and then um junior year mm-hmm. I moved out and I lived with uh two girls that I knew from freshman year that were in a different sorority yeah. it wasn't weird yeah like no. there was not, nothing weird you know no. it just was like there wasn't any like competition like it just it wasn't like the south or anything and there's no shade on the south but like it's just I a feel whole like it has a whole other yeah. different ball game like I felt like living with these girls were it was just so fun yeah you know and then my senior year I moved into a house that had Oh god, that house! It just was so special. Yeah. It, one of the oldest houses in Eugene. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, just an absolute shithole. It is a um, shithole. I don't house. know if it's still called the Orchard, but Oof. maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Long I don't live know. The Orchard. Long live. Um, 
that was such a fun experience. Yeah, but you had like the full, you had a really good college experience in the sense that like you loved your sorority, you had really good friends, solid relationships, you had an amazing job that you loved and you worked like that was Chooch is that a lot of her friends like didn't work or if they did work, it was like you know, maybe part-time work. Like you were, you worked your ass I would off. Cho- like that. I would choose a recruiting dinner yes. over going to like a date dash or I yes. would choose, you know, working all day at a football game mm-hmm. than tailgating. But everybody knew that about but you they knew and that. loved that about and you. And they didn't hold it against no, me. No, they never did. You know, so I, you know, shout out to my friends. Love mm-hmm. you guys. Yeah, we'll but send them this podcast. I know we will. <laughs> but, um, yeah, everyone, it just, it just was who I was, you know, and I think maybe that was just from, you know, soccer and growing up and, mm-hmm. you know, having that be my identity. Like I did latch on to that and yeah, for sure. I'm super happy that I did. I don't, yeah. I don't regret anything, but you know, my senior year, it was so fun having you there. Oh, that was so fun. It just was so fun. And my fun. freshman year, before shit hit the fan, before my shit sophomore hit the fan, year. Like, you did have a good freshman I year. Lo- I literally had so much fun. I, I was know. like running the streets of Eugene, young, wild, and free with my sister there. It was like the best time. Yes, there was some stuff that had happened towards the end of that year that kind of was like giant blaring red flags that mm-hmm. I should not have moved into that house with all of the sorority girls. But... Other than that, it was so fun to have you there. Like that was such a fun experience going to Oregon. And I visited Oregon as an unofficial visit for lacrosse. And I loved, loved the campus. Knowing that my sister went there was like even better because I had family there. But I did not get good energy from, Mm -hmm. yeah, the team, which was, or the coaches, which was unfortunate because the facilities are obviously like unbelievable. But, But yeah, that, and that's fun. It's cool how we had two very very different college experiences like you got the full thing it it just breaks my heart because i you know i wanted that for you yeah but honestly like you guys know from my friendships with females and my college transfer story i said at the end of the episode like you know everything happens for a reason like had i not been you know bullied and not gone through that experience i would have never come to reno i would have never met my coach i would have never fell in love with my fitness journey, would have mm-hmm. never gotten my CPT, would have never started my business and would not be here no. recording this podcast with you, you know? Mm-hmm. So everything happens for a reason. Totally. Although I am, you know, bummed that that happened. It's like, thank God it did. Totally. Thank God it did. I totally. have no idea where I would be. So you graduated with your major in public relations mm-hmm. and business. Mm-hmm. So that's what I ended up studying and, and finished out. I was almost like fully convinced that I was gonna do my best to stay in college yeah. football recruiting mm-hmm. um it didn't work out it did not and that's okay that's kind of honestly to pivot into talking about career wise um obviously you're working a job now that you do it's probably been your favorite job oh in totally the past, completely, like, since completely. Oregon but she did have an experience like she was pretty much ready to stay in Oregon and continue working for the football team Everybody was kind of chirping in her ear that that was going to happen. That was going to happen. And then literally what, like a couple days before graduation, it just was like, you know, this isn't a possibility anymore. Yeah. So, and I was that like, kind okay. of like pivoted things for you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like since then, cause that was something you were possibly really looking forward to since then that kind of was like a downward <laughs> A downward spiral, I would say. So kind of walk us through that because I know there's so many people that are itching to 
change careers. They, they don't maybe fully love where they're at in life, especially in your okay. later 20s. Okay, so I'm mid-20s now. You're mid-20s. Later totally. 20s. And I think that you're like one of those exceptions where you like leave college, you know, mm-hmm. kind of what you want to do yes. and you make it happen. Yeah. Um, let me just start off by saying, guys, that's just not it's not common. Okay. No, no it's um, not. And I think even social if, media too. If people think, mm-hmm. make it seem that they're happy, they're not fucking happy. No. They're not making enough money. Mm-hmm. They're struggling to live. Yep. They're saying yes to a bunch of things. Yep. Um, you know, and, and my, they, they might not be able to afford it fully, mm-hmm. but they're doing it. They're mm-hmm. having the time of their life. And it's kind of like, okay, let's just wash out you know, unhappiness with our careers mm-hmm. or where we're at or, you know, our relationships with saying yes to so many different experiences. I kind of feel like I, you know, left, I came back home and lived with mom and dad. Yeah. For, for a a while, you know, did you live with them in, you lived with them through COVID? Oh yeah. Yeah. So you graduated in 2018 Mm -hmm. and And I, yeah. So I did a little bit of traveling Mm -hmm. after college. I went to Australia, Mm -hmm. went to visit my godmother, which was just such a fun experience and then uh, came home and just I worked at a gym for a bit just to kind of keep me um, keep me going until I kind of found something a little bit more long term. And I thought to myself, you know, if I'm not going to go into you know college football anymore or college sports, maybe I should apply my degree. Mm-hmm, you know right. what I learned. Um, I ended up working for um, a marketing and public relations agency. That was contracted out by movie studios at the time. Which was fun. Which was super fun. So basically what our job entailed was doing very small scale events and kind of word of mouth, um, press screenings, and just small, small things to just kind of get a little bit of a buzz Mm -hmm. in these markets prior to a movie coming out. Mm -hmm. So it was just a little marketing scheme, little marketing, PR, all that Mm -hmm. good stuff. Um, It was really fun. The pay was not. I didn't get paid. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. That was like you were getting nickels and dimes. Nickels were and dimes. And I was spending it on my commute. To San Francisco. To San Francisco. Yeah. Because so, yeah. we it, live, we're about what, 30 minutes outside of east of San Francisco? With like not a, with not no a traffic. inch of traffic, yeah, you know, it but could it could get really bad. Yeah. So commuting was expensive. Um, we were staying like long nights. I was working a ton yeah. of overtime just to kind of make ends meet almost and Mm -hmm. I was living at home yeah you know so it just wasn't it wasn't working um I did that through I think I I started that very early in 2019 Mm -hmm. and then come March of 2020 yeah right before we were all like furloughed okay like we were just kind of put on like a Alrighty, yeah, we're pausing. Yeah, there's a there's a pandemic. There's a little pandy, pandy, little pandy moment. Everyone stay home. <laughs> no, so bad. Um, we didn't know what we, you know what was going on, and and at that point, I almost kind of felt like relief because I just wasn't happy anymore. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was being supported by the boss that I had. I didn't feel like kind of the work that I was putting into was being yeah, compensated you were properly. A lot of work. Um. And yeah, I just, I just didn't feel like that was where I was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that was the first time that I kind of tapped into a little bit more of my intuition mm-hmm. being like, okay, might be time to move on. Yeah. Whereas I feel like 
for so long, I was like, I've got a job. Like, I got to stay. I got to stay. I got to yeah, stay. Yeah, you, you were know? not. Yeah. So, unfortunately, COVID happened. Um, but not unfortunately. Yeah. You know, it was. Which it was, I feel like that was a huge changing point. COVID and quarantine as horrific of a thing for that to happen to the world. To the world. Like, 100%. That, insane that we all, you guys know, it's it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. I feel like you guys too. Horrible, horrible thing to happen. I think there was a lot of really good and really bad that came out from the shift of societal norms. Totally. With having to quarantine in the pandemic. So, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but right before the pandemic um, started was when I kind of ended a, Mm. a relationship that I had been in. Didn't you know, lost that job mm-hmm. and was kind of like stuck in my thoughts almost. Yeah. Um, a lot of Love Island, a oh. lot of Marvel movies, a lot, a lot of, of smoking just, some weed. A lot of weed. We were smoking a little bit, which actually you guys we were going to do. We took so many edibles. Yeah, a lot of edibles, which if you guys didn't know, I dibble dabble in the ganj. In the ganj. Definitely, it's not like an overwhelming amount, but. You know, like everyone to have a little recreational fun. Little recreational fun. Doesn't, I would say doesn't hurt. Does not too hurt. Many no, it doesn't. I don't think. Um, but yeah, I definitely that's something that we both like to do. Our parents are knowing of that as well. Um, because I don't think we misuse it. It could definitely be misused, misused and overused one hundred percent. But we've definitely found like a really good balance with it. And if we were to choose alcohol or weed, it would definitely it would be, be like please for sure. Roll me a yeah, because we don't drink like too young. Roll me a J, bitch. Because we don't really drink too often. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we definitely that was that was her quarantine was Love Island. Yeah, Chooch being a little. I was mentally un. <laughs> yeah, you are not well because. But but I look back, yeah. and this was the time that I had so much reflection time. Yeah, big time. Like so much reflection on, you know what I wanted to do in my life coming out of this horribly toxic Mm. relationship. Mm -hmm. I had never felt further from myself, my friends and my family Mm -hmm. than when COVID started. Yeah. I truly, I, I was so unhappy with my job. Mm -hmm. I was so unhappy in the relationship that I was in and I did not know how to talk to anyone. Yes. And it was the hardest thing because it was a whole different layer of what I had gone through four years earlier. Yeah. Where it was just much darker. Mm-hmm. It was much more volatile. Yeah. Like where I almost kind of walked around in high school just kind of like zombie-esque and yeah. just kind of like, hmm, yeah, and there. Like now it was like evil. Yeah. Now it was. You did have like kind of like a darker energy. No, it was a dark or it was a dark energy. It, it just, it, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't great. And, and that's what you were 20, well, how old were you? 23? 20, you were 23 at the time. 23, 24. Yeah. 23 to yeah. 24 at the time when COVID had hit. And that's two years after you had graduated when you were still trying to find your way in the world, totally. you know, making your way around. And I think that's really relatable for a lot of people because- that shifted so many things. And I think a lot of people realized how unhappy they were because I think everybody kind of had to sit down and cause we couldn't do anything. So it's totally. like you, you had no totally. choice, but to sit down and reflect and be and like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? What is going on? This was also during a time where I feel like 
people started to shift into this like positivity mindset. Like, okay, let's take a step back and let's be grateful for what we have. Let's, Mm. let's do this. And I, I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, I was one of those little bitches that was like, I'm never downloading TikTok. Yeah. Oh my God. No, we refused. No, we refused. We were just like, I don't know. Shit. Yeah. No, I'm a vine writer. Like that was, no, no, but I, I want to say, you know, TikTok. Yeah. My screen time has gone up exponentially I actually like am grateful for the app because Mm -hmm. I think I started to almost kind of and maybe this was like a growing experience is see people's lives I was not I was not on TikTok during the dance portion of TikTok either I missed that yeah thank I missed the boat Mm -hmm. on that um um, as I'm hitting, Skirt. The, as I'm hitting she, the woe. I wish you guys could see it. She I'm, just I'm hitting hit the, the woe. woe. You did. Okay. I saw that with um, my own eyes. So I missed that part of TikTok. I got on TikTok when it was like people were starting to kind of just talk about their lives, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was starting I was to become more vloggy. More vloggy. Yes. And I was almost seeing people's lives through a completely different lens. And I think a younger version or an older, younger version of myself would have seen it. I had like every opportunity to start comparing myself. Yeah. But I almost was like taking their lives as like inspiration to change mine, which I feel like was a huge growing experience. And I, you know what? I think at first, sorry to interrupt. I think at first that's what happened with a lot of people. Totally. Because it was so new with vlogging. Vlogging was only on YouTube. On YouTube. Totally. And not a lot. I mean, a lot of people watch YouTube, but like not everybody maybe Mm -hmm. wanted to watch like a 30 minute vlog. So these short form vlogs come because it was only a minute. It was just 30 seconds and a minute. It it was. So that first came out and that was like super inspirational because you're like, wait, that's cool. And now a couple years later, it's fucking eating people alive. Now it's a little change. Now it's it's different. And I think, sad yeah but um during that time and I'm not going to credit TikTok fully to you know a change Mm -hmm. in mindset I think it was time spent alone time reflecting on my decisions time kind of grounding myself back with Mm -hmm. my family Mm -hmm. grounding myself back with my best friends yeah um I started to prioritize things in my life that should, in my opinion, be prioritized. I think number one was your health. Completely. Yeah, for sure. Completely. I think I started to take much better care of myself. Because um, you have the time to. When you were waking up at 5.30 in the morning to leave, to, to, leave, go, to, to go to BART, to, to commute to San Francisco, to stay there until 7 or 7 8 or at 8 night, PM, to have to sometimes, commute home. Sometimes 10 p.m. Sometimes if 10, I had a screening, yeah, you know. You're not going to be awake for like 18 hours a day, you know. Totally. So you it, could not... Your health was not able to be prioritized. No, I had no time to go to the gym. Yep. I had no time to like eat well. Like I was yeah. like, oh, I have, you know, a 30 minute lunch. I'm just going to go grab something quick. And also living and- at home with your parents makes it really, and I think a lot of you guys oh, can gosh. relate to this. And I have clients too that live with their parents. So, which is not a bad thing, you guys. If you can no. live with your parents, stay I'm the literally money. like me. I'm, I'm like, mom, can I mom, please come we're home? We're coming back, mom. I'm 27 and yeah. I'm like, I miss No, if you, you can guys. live with your parents, that's such a sleigh, I feel like, because it's like, you're saving so much money and especially in today's economy. No idea. It oh my gosh. It is like, if you have the opportunity to do that, I do not judge people who do. I think that's fucking fantastic. But but there's a, there's a different side to that. Like totally. some people don't have the family exactly. dynamic that we do. Yeah. So- you know, when I was living with my parents, I think I started to more and more people were moving out to the city. Mm-hmm. More and more people were, you know, having this conversation about mm-hmm. 
living on their own and I frankly was not making enough that would cover rent yeah. in San Francisco yeah, like no. point blank yeah monthly it would be my whole entire paycheck would have, would have gone, gone to rent to rent yeah. and not even That's utilities no. not even groceries yeah. not you know car payments phone payment nothing mm-hmm. so I didn't have an option mm-hmm. to make that happen so I think in COVID um just kind of sitting there and having time to like reflect and maybe kind of think like okay, what, what is it that I want to do? You yeah. know, yeah. um, I had done my best to get to a cycling studio that was, you know, down in our like downtown area prior to COVID a, a bit. And mm-hmm. so I was going, 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 um, when I could, when I had the time to, and an opportunity to be the studio manager kind of came about midway through COVID COVID. Yeah. yeah. In that summer, like end of the summer in 2020, there was a portion of time where, um, our governor at the time was going to open up gyms. Gyms, yeah. Um, or a hot, hot sec. Came and gone. The hottest The hottest second. second. <laughs> Guys. It was real hot. Piping. Oh my God. It and then came it, and it, went real quick. Yeah, that was um, it. So I was kind of training to become the studio manager. Was so excited. I was like, wait a minute. I actually kind of think. This is it. This is like a vibe. Yeah, Like totally. this could be it. Um, a month into that, I get a call. Hey, like you know, we can't open. We're closing the studio. We're yeah. selling it. We're closing the studio. Sorry. Right. I'm like, Hoo. okay. So that's um, a failed, another failed. Another yeah. little failed. Meh. You know, I didn't kind really, of. kind of. You didn't fail. It was the, yeah. 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 So I was a little bit bummed about that. Just kind of just started reaching out to family, friends, talking to them, you know. I don't even want to touch on my next experience because it was just the worst two months of my life. Like it it actually couldn't have been worse, but I have a really good family friend who was in, you know, the, the car industry. Mm -hmm. And he was like, why don't you come sell? Like we're open no matter what during COVID Mm -hmm. people want to buy cars. People are spending money. Like nobody spent money before. Right. Um, people were emotionally unwell and they were spending, spending big. Yeah. I say that. Because you I that. was doing that. That's okay. Okay. Um, we're this good. It's a safe space. It's a safe space. Is it? I don't know. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully someone, we'll hopefully we'll someone relates to being like emotionally unstable and filling the void with shopping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's a, like probably a personality trait of yours for sure. Totally. Just to feel something. Yeah. I go drop 300 bucks. And you end Aritzia. up returning a lot of it. Well, some you of it return. I would. I would definitely return and be yeah. like, I don't fucking need yeah. this. What am I doing? Yeah. Um. At that point, it's too late. I'm accruing interest on my credit card. It's just going up. That was waste me. Hey, my bad. So, yeah, she, I, a, she was a car salesman for a hot, quick minute. That was a, the bad worst experience. fucking thing I could have ever done yeah, with my life. Really um, bad experience. And then got out of that into, real quick. Yeah. Um, and then I got into mortgage. Yeah, the mortgage industry. I did that for about a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was honestly so fun yeah I think that was a good I learned so much it was a great experience it was so fucking stable yeah I was able to move out I was able to move in with two of my best friends into an apartment Mm -hmm. which was such a fun experience you had a mix of like hybrid working at home hybrid working at home like I could work from wherever Mm -hmm. I would go and work for my boss's house who at the time was just like she the best person ever she's awesome I just love her so much um and, you know, we would just, like, fuck around, do, like, two-hour lunches. She's yeah. like, I don't care. She's yeah, like, sure. yeah, we're not saving the world. Yeah, yeah we're getting yeah, people we're getting... mortgages. <laughs> yeah. Or that people are refinancing their yeah. house. It's uh-huh. it's not that big of a deal. Right. Like, we can go 
We can go get our nails done. Yeah. We are going to, you know, we're, the we're, world is going to keep building. It's going to keep spinning. Yeah. Um, so, it, it, you know, her outlook on life, I think, kind of Helped almost you. like desensitized like this rigid nature that I had and like, mm. I have to work hard. I have to work hard. Yeah. I was a hard worker, but it kind of gave me this more like, your job is just a job. Ooh. Okay. It. It is not your the entirety of your life. Mm. And I think in the past, I had dedicated myself to my job as, like, being, like, ev- my everything. Yeah. Like, I have to, I have to, I have to, I have yeah. to. I didn't know how to say no. You really didn't. I, and you that really was, didn't. like, a huge, huge and, thing. And people in whatever career you were working in at the time or whatever job you were doing fully took advantage of that, of you. Completely. Yeah. I, no, I, I completely agree because yeah. they just knew I was going to do it. Yeah, of course. They just knew I was going to plan it. They knew that I was going to be there. They knew and that- And do it well, too. And, do it, yeah. and get the fucking job done, yeah, if can. I don't say so myself. Yeah. The one thing about Tooch is that she is the best procrastinator I've ever met in my 100%. life. She will not- write an essay until the night before and bang out like a solid a essay oh that's just, but that's how you or a project same thing like anything you've done has always been last minute and then you have a menti b and then you end up fucking slaying it totally that's i think that's are. like adhd yeah. or add i'm and, not entirely sure yeah but we can talk mm-hmm. I, oh, I should yeah. probably see someone about that. Yeah, but maybe. I don't know. You're I, going to therapy now, though. I am going to therapy. Which therapy is hot, which I think we'll touch on in a in a second, too. But now you're working as an executive assistant. I am. And she's doing that currently and really liking it. And that's kind of like, I guess, if we could sum it all up, the difference between you and me is that you are way more relatable and fucking totally. normal. With I your am. career. Whereas me, lie. my career, you guys, working in social media and owning my own business and blah, blah, blah. And when I tell you like, oh, here's a get to know me and all these different things. Like, that's not fucking normal, you guys. It's, it's not, not a normal no. career. It's not. It's it's. It may seem glamorous and easy and all these things, but it's like, it's not fucking normal. And like my sister's like perspective and like her different career changes and stuff is could way not, more relatable. Could not be more relatable, yeah. you guys. Like in your 20s. And that's kind of like, let me ask you this question because you might you might answer <laughs> it now. But what's your biggest piece of advice for anybody who is in their early to mid 20s or even 20 something year olds where they're trying to fucking figure it out and they're not, they're kind of bouncing with careers and trying things out and then not having good experiences or not liking and feeling uncomfortable totally. with where they're at. Yeah. I think first and foremost, if you're changing careers, never feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like you have to prioritize yourself. You have to prioritize your mental health. And especially for women, our intuition on things mm. is like, it, it's incredible. You have to go with your fucking you, intuition. Oh my gosh. I had not listened to my intuition for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of shoved it aside because I'm like, nope. The real, it was like the realist in me. It yeah. was like, it, it was not in tune with my gut whatsoever. No. They were fighting each other for fucking years mm-hmm. and it's annoying. Now they're much more in tune and I'm, yeah. I'm doing a lot better. Mm-hmm. But I think for, for those who are changing careers, for those who are looking on social media and they see, you know, these people that are traveling a ton, they're yeah. going to all these Italian summer vacations, you know, like they're doing this, like there's some people that are super financially stable that can do that and they're killing it. There's other people that are skyrocketing themselves into credit card debt. Yeah. Okay. I don't to think keep a lot up of with the Joneses. Realize, I don't yeah. think people realize that, you know, the cost of living in some of these cities is wild. Okay. Astronomical. 
the cost of just, you know, being able to eat and, you know, go to concerts and festivals and travel and all these things to like, just keep up with keeping up is, it's a lot of money. And there's so much pressure to, to do that. So much pressure. And I think the sooner that you realize that, you know, everyone is kind of going through it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I know one friend who is sitting there high on life Mm -hmm. about their job, their relationship, their financial situation, their living situation. Yep. And they're like, I have it all. No. And if they are, they're fucking lying. Yeah. It's one. (laughs) They're liars. It's it's like either they have one thing or multiple things. Totally. Like nobody has it, but it's like so fucking easy on social media to make it seem like you do. And I think a lot of people are, I think a lot of people are in fucking debt. Like, really. No, I really think a lot think, of people are in debt. And this is coming from a girl that's in debt. Yeah. I, like, and, I'm yeah. I'm just saying, like, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm loving life. Mm-hmm. I'm having so much fun. I'm saying yes to a bunch of things. I'm also saying no to a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. But if I could really go back, I think there's a quote that, like, kind of floated around for a while. I think, like, maybe Tink said it or something, but mm-hmm. it's comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. Okay. Amen. It really is. It you totally know? It fucking is. Oh, that God. would eat and you that's, alive. And it's so, it's so crazy because I think people come to me and they're like, oh, what's it like having a sister that, like, does all that and makes that much money and, and, and you know, is on the internet? And I'm like – you guys, I wish, like, no bullshit, there isn't a bone in my mm-hmm. body that yep. is jealous of my sister, that compares myself to my sister. Yeah. Even though she has, like, the blueprint of life to be jealous and co- compare myself to. It, I can't explain it. Yeah, it is really genuinely never, just, like, pride that, like, emits yeah. off my body. Which I'm so lucky for because I know a lot of people don't oh have my that. God. But no, and that I think it's because you would never ever I would never fucking, fucking do this. You guys, you, you see never. like the like, handful of videos that she'll post of me. Yeah. I, I can't even take not, it seriously. No. I hate the camera. Yeah. I post maybe one photo of myself a year. A year on it has Instagram. to be the perfect angle. Yeah. The, the perfect look. Yeah. Like I am one of those like I'll tear myself apart. Yeah. In picture. It's got to be. The and pro- it's like yeah. the Grinch. Like that's it. I'm not going. Yeah. That's, <laughs> like that that's it. You. I'm not posting. Yeah. That's it. I'm, I'm not wearing the outfit. You yeah. know, it's, it's, I'm still that way. Mm-hmm. And yes, that, that part of me has gotten a lot better, but yeah, totally. I just totally. feel like, you know, don't compare yourself that in don't compare yourself. Don't feel guilty for having to make a decision that's going to better your life. Mm-hmm. Okay. If that means that you're moving and you're saying goodbye to like a team that you love. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. But if you feel in your bones you need to move, move, yep. okay? If you need to drop some friends that may not mm. be, you know, on the same kind of mental page that you think you're going to be growing into. Yeah, that's a huge thing. Sometimes you, you you have don't feel guilty about having to like let yourself grow. Yeah. Because I think the older that you come and you come with experiences, you start to realize that there are some things in life that just kind of pull you back a little bit. You yeah. get tested. And There's either a career, you know, career, certain people in your life, relationships. relationships. It's yeah. just, it's tough. So if if I could say, you know, advice, don't compare and don't feel guilty for having to, mm-hmm. you know, pivot and move and, and try something yeah. new. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like, the best thing that could ever happen for you is trying mm-hmm. something new. Yeah. So if that's your inspiration, you guys, there it is. So 
I think now it's time. It's time for us to get into relationships and talking about boys. Boys, boys, boys. boys uh, which boys, I haven't, boys. I don't think I've actually talked about boys on, I've talked about like relationships with, you know, that stuff. But my sister and I could not have the most polar opposite experience with boys. Introduction to them, just our experiences have been very, very different. So different. And I think it's cool that we can maybe chat about two sides of things. For me, I would say I've always been more confident in, mm-hmm. but even as a little fucking child. No, like yeah, I, you were a little like spitfire. Yes. I. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, I'm confident now and this isn't to sound conceited by any means, but I've always had a certain confident energy about myself. Even you can see it in like baby pictures of like my sister and I, like you could just see that. Mm-hmm. I've always been more secure and more confident in myself. And that carried into the way that I approached relationships with boys. And I had my first boyfriend at 15, 14 or 15. And, you know, high school. When when my first boyfriend was. We'll get to that. So mine was 14, 15. I think it was, how old was I? It was my sophomore year. Oh no, it was my freshman summer going to sophomore. So I was, what, what age do you turn when you're a freshman? You turn, I think you're like 14. 14. Yeah. So my first relationship was 14. I had lost my virginity with like the relationship that I was in pretty kind of early on, I guess you could say it was my sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. So that was for me, I had like a high school boyfriend, got to college and then had my fun there. Like I was, I was living my best life in college and <laughs> you guys know my, my taste of men. If you looked at every guy that I've ever been with, which is not that many people. But if you just look at them on like, you know, they're, what do you call it? Oh, like a spectrum. Like a little spectrum. Could not be more opposite. Like everyone is different. Everyone looks fucking different. Totally. All different areas and walks of life. Um, The only thing that's the most relatable thing is that they all All. played college sports. Yeah. All of them did. Even high school Mm -hmm. people that I was with. So I love my athletes. I'm a cleat chaser. What can I say? Proud. I wear that proud you guys so that was my experience and I just you know I wasn't like bouncing with relationships I would say I'm more I'm more of a relationship girl I had my fun at Oregon for a period of time but I just kind of always was confident with guys doing my thing and it's not like I ever had bad experiences I definitely did which I'm gonna spend like a whole episode talking about boys in that but my sister's experience was very very different so if you want to take it away with relationships share whatever you're comfortable with because I know it's been kind of a very different thing and that's something that's affected you a lot but also it's something that has shaped you into who you are today which is like every life experience yeah it was hard to see you go through those things especially being the younger sister yeah I experienced things before before you I did did. so if you want to just really quickly kind of share when your first real relationship was you don't have to say when you lost your virginity if you don't want to but you can if you well want. i think people can put two and two together they're, yeah they're, this is a smart bunch of yeah bunch of we've got the besties um, here i you know i didn't have my first date um i didn't lose my virginity didn't have a boyfriend until i was 22 mm-hmm. years old it was about uh three days before i graduated college yeah actually to be to be completely honest that's the, f- the first time i had sex yeah so i went through all of high school, 
and genuinely all of, all of college. college. Yeah. Um, I was done with classes at this point. So yeah, yeah all of college. Um, you know, not having that experience. And I know I touched on earlier how I spoke to myself yeah. when I was younger. Yeah. And I want to say like a good 60% of the reason that I spoke to myself so negatively was because there was never a boy in my life. And all of your friends had boyfriends, boyfriends losing their virginity, doing their thing. Going on dates. I, think. I was like, I had a, my boyfriend and mm-hmm. I did that. So it was a very different experience because I couldn't ask my sister. Older sister you like, were always there for me, like literally always there for me. Completely. But anytime I'd have relationship issues in high school, she couldn't or come to me. I, I would I be had... like, what should I do? And you would be like, I would talk to, she would kind of be like, I would talk to so-and-so like one of her best friends because they have, will have more to say on this. So I was never able to like yeah. ask my older sister and be like, Hey, like, fuck, he's doing this. Like, I don't know what to do because totally. you didn't have, yeah. you know, that experience. So I think you know, when I go back to kind of my self-image, I don't want to use the word issue, but the way that I viewed myself mm-hmm. and when it started to become super negative was in high school. When I started to see that so many of my friends were, you know, being asked out to dances mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, girls wearing jerseys. Yeah. Football games, games, um, baseball games, you know, rugby, basketball, like, you know, and I was thinking to myself, like, oh God, like, like, I really want that to be me. Mm -hmm. And I think I started to kind of look at myself through a lens of like a boy. Mm -hmm. And because there was just no interest there, so many friends, so many guy friends. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I I really, truly had the best guy friends in high school. And that's, like, everybody made this joke in high school, which it's funny. I remember some girl posting on TikTok where it's, like, when you weren't shown interest by boys in high school, how that has shaped you as a person, as, like, a young woman is so different than, like, somebody like me who has – like it's not better or worse. It's just no, a very it's just such different. Such a different. The, the differences are so stark. It's, it's yeah. Actually but crazy. every guy would always say this, where it's like, "Oh, I would never date Chooch. I would marry her. I would her. marry her. Like and your I, wifey material." Like and, it got to a point, ugh. like in college, where some of my guy friends sat me down. We're like, "If we're like in our thirties and we're all married, can we please get married?" And yeah. I'm like, "If one more person fucking says yeah. this to me, yeah. like, you know what? No, I want to be pushed up against the wall, and I want someone to want to make out with me." Yeah. Yeah. Like I was so upset, and I was so like what the fuck is wrong was, with me? Yes, that that was yeah. what the constant, that saying echoed through my brain mm-hmm. at all hours of the day mm-hmm. in high school and in college yeah. where I was like, what's wrong with me? And I remember like asking my mom, I was like, like, am I not pretty? Like, yeah. do I not have a good personality? Yeah. Like, you know, and I think maybe that's why I deep dove into so many other things just to like kind of blur out this the, yeah go getting it you know in your sorority like working within your sorority and being on the board and then working with college sports and stuff that like totally, I didn't have time like yeah. and it was like oh even if someone Filled was interested void. wouldn't have time for it exactly but, but in reality all I wanted is for someone to mm. want to take me out yeah or want to get to know me or want to even just like fucking kiss me yeah and I I just had like the hardest 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 time because I would have these moments where I'm like I think I'm a pretty cool girl. Right. Like, hang on. I'm not like horrible to look at. Mm-hmm. I don't think. But then I'd be like, oh, well, my body's a little bit like this. And oh, well, you know, maybe if I like slim down a little bit or mm-hmm. maybe if 
I don't know, like, and then I would just start to pick apart my body, like, Mm. like nobody's business. And I would pick apart the way that I looked. I'd pick apart, you know, my teeth, my hair, my, my everything. And, and I just was so mean to myself Mm -hmm. because I just tied my own, like, self-worth and value Mm -hmm. and how I saw myself with the level of interest that guys had in me at the time. Yeah. And it was non-existent. So you guys could imagine that I just thought that. Yeah. Don't cry. I know. It's okay. <laughs> You're okay. It's okay. It's been something. And that's like, so again, so fucking relatable Two two different sides of the spectrum here, you guys. And it's something that like, it fucking sucks. And it, it sucked as a younger. Ew. Why am I crying right now? I oh my know. God. Don't cry. We're not going to cry. <laughs> This is for the besties, okay? It sucked as a younger sister watching you go through this because it's just like you are such a fucking catch, you know? And like you just have the best fucking soul. And the worst part is, is that everybody knows it. Everybody who has met you knows that. It's just like you were always just like pushed off to the side or it always was like. I always just kind of think that people thought I was just going to be there. Exactly. Yes, because you were. <laughs> because I just because was, and were. I was like, maybe that's like the doormat in me. Yeah. But I think, you know, it was tough. I remember like, oh my God, my junior year, like I tried to ask like, oh, because God. I wasn't. I remember this. I knew you were going to bring this well, up. Well, I never got asked to a dance in high school. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to. Homecoming, prom, ball, no, nothing. Nothing. No, not, there wasn't, I countlessly like for all my friends helped mm-hmm. all those boys yeah. put together their posters yeah. and the way that they got asked. And mm-hmm. it was like so hard because I was so happy for my friends and I yeah. was there like filming and like wanted to be a part of it. But then I'd go home and I would just cry because I just knew that it that wasn't, wasn't nobody was coming. Doing that for yeah. You. Yeah. And you that's know. something that definitely fucked me up in the head because so much I just was like you based a lot of your self-worth on the way that not only other people saw you but especially men and boys totally and And I didn't have this issue when I was in middle school or anything like but it wasn't it just came on fucking quick in high school and I really do think that that played like a huge role in how bogged down I was and then Mm -hmm. you know and I remember you know our mom is just like the best person ever and she's so funny she's so funny she's but her like her sex talk she comes and she's like hey you know kid i i recorded that oprah special about you know the sex talk you know apparently moms are sitting down with their kids and watching it because they don't know how to have the sex talk you can watch it if you want it's on the dvr but i just recommend you probably have sex before you go to college because you got it she did say no she 100 this she did say have sex before you get married have sex before you get married have sex probably before you go to college you're going to be experiencing this you're going to be you know, out and about, people are just going to be, or even like if you didn't want to have sex, but just like experience, experience, experience before. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't experience shit. I like kissed maybe three guys, maybe I think three guys in high school. school, Um, and it was just like a makeout. Yeah. Okay. Like it, like there was nothing to it. Um, nobody copped to feel. No, I think, yeah, maybe. And it just like was so like, one of them was so, so shitty. One guy, like, pretty much left yeah. my house and, like, went and asked another girl to ball. He did. He like, did. right after. Yeah. And it just, like, was, like, fucking horrible because I was, like, 
what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and again, then I just sat there. I was like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. So I think, you know, the way I viewed myself for the longest time was just mm-hmm. horrible. That yeah. when it got into college, yeah, I would like make out with guys here and there, like very small brief hookups, nothing crazy, like nothing worth noting or mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, when it came down to my senior year, I had met, I had met this guy like much earlier, um, probably like when I was a junior, um, and we were friends here and there. Um, he was the first person to show any ounce of interest in me, mm-hmm. like ever. And, and like romantic, sexual, romantic, sensual. wanting to take me out, yes, yeah. like wanting to like do shit with me, mm-hmm. you know, sleep over on a consistent basis. Like, yep. and, we, and we had like months of us just kind of hanging out, like on the low, like we'd go to Target, we would, you know, we'd go get like breakfast or lunch or, or whatever. And he would come and sleep over, never even pressured me to have nope. sex or anything like that. But it, it came down to a night where I was like, I really like him. I'm into him. Like why why not mm-hmm. and um so we had sex and it just kind of like progressed our relationship I want to mm-hmm. say it it was super fun um at the time I was so happy like I I couldn't have been happier to be completely mm-hmm. honest because I finally felt like I was getting to know someone I was like allowing someone yep. to let me like love and I yeah. think that that's, like, a huge, like, part of me that was, like, dormant for so long mm-hmm. is just being able to show someone that I'm just a really caring, like, yeah. person. Yeah. I know I can come off quite, like, tough sometimes. Yeah. And, like I said, I'm super sarcastic. I can be, like, somewhat bitchy. Kind but of, like, but in a funny way. In a funny way. And I think some guys pick up, from what I've seen out in public when we, like, go out together and stuff, is that, like, you – you kind of have this different level of confidence that's I you have a conf, you're confident in approaching how do I say this in literally straight up just talking to people you are very good with you can talk to anybody and everybody totally but I don't think that people know if I'm trying to come on to them that's exactly right and I don't well you also don't pick up when men are trying to come up on to you okay. like you're a little obtuse when it comes okay. to that like when guys are showing interest you're like oh my god yeah and you like pat them on the shoulder and you're like oh my god well how's your how's your family doing how are your parents like oh, I saw yeah. that they just went on vacation like that looked like so much fun you know and even though that's not like a bad thing thing they it's just kind of like oh god that's so chooch of you to do like totally, that's very much totally. how you are because I just like I genuinely just like care about people and yeah. I you know I I just yeah I what do you think the biggest lesson a relationship has taught you so that's been my only relationship that I've had mm-hmm. um so that was from when I was you know 20 21 22 until I was about 24 yeah fully ended fully yeah fully ended around yeah yeah, like 24 so a couple years um I would say you need to trust your gut Mm. okay um I knew that this person was not my person yeah very like quite early on to be honest Mm. I felt disrespect from the beginning um I felt like there might have been some sort of infidelity here and there um I never really had proof of that though. Um, it's just a feeling. Oh, and I remember. You gotta fucking trust that, you guys. I remember Sophia, she, and she knew it too. 
she could start to see that it you know he was affecting my my mood yeah a lot big time you would know when we would have a good day of communicating you would know that when we would have a bad day of communicating it altered every single like ounce of my body okay and I feel like we were in a really toxic cycle because it was a distance relationship Mm-hmm. we are in this toxic cycle of we would probably see each other maybe once a month mm-hmm. okay whether that was me flying to where he was at or him flying or coming to mm-hmm. to see me um the toxic cycle was this we would have our weekend together it was great we were on a high yeah we i mean to be honest didn't talk too much we just had a lot of sex yeah okay and that was like our way of pulling each other back in was that's a red flag right there too massive red flag when you can't talk about something or you can't like talk about things that you're interested in without like oh that's I don't like that well I would never do that Mm. so it was like oh I'm gonna go to this festival I would I hate festivals and I'm like me too. Yeah. Right. No, Even though festivals you, are like my yeah, favorite thing is ever. A huge festival girl. I think like, I'm going like four or five or six. Maybe yeah. Five or where, six. Where my sister like, actually going to Lollapalooza in what two weeks at this point? Yeah. We're filming it two weeks. We're really excited. So let us know if you're going to be in the Chai Town area, baby. We're super excited to go. Um, I'm less of a festival girl, although I do love festivals. But you are like the festival. I love it. Queen. But and I feel I, like that should have been the first red flag. It should have been the first red flag. If he was well, like on a like festival, she like. Well, yeah, Bye. that should have been a red flag. But <laughs> the bigger red flag was me willing to bury my yep. interest oh. to line up with him. Ooh, there it is. So That's a good I one. think that the the minute that you start altering yourself, mm-hmm. your interests to fit into someone else's life, mm-hmm. bye, get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And, and this let me could just... also, that could reflect into not only rela- romantic relationships, but friendships as well. Completely. That's huge. But also like, how sad is that? Yeah. That I wasn't like I was willing to like give up parts of my identity and my character and my interests for someone who would never do the same for me never do it oh my god he would never okay and and frankly like I'll I mean Sophia is super super open and honest about women's health women's reproductive health and things like that and let me just tell you girls this um every single time that I went to go see him yeah. I would come back with a UTI mm-hmm. or BV or some sort of infection. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, since that relationship has ended, I've had sex with a, a few other people um, and then had been kind of regularly sleeping with someone else for a bit. Mm-hmm. And I have not had one UTI. <laughs> I have yeah. not had BV once. I have not, I haven't had an issue. In years, but it was like crazy. Yeah, which obviously, because I talked about in my episode, like I had reoccurring BV with just Nash, your, your and I know like IUD BV. Yes, with my, I didn't have linked, an IUD. Yeah, that was linked to my okay. IUD for sure, and that's why it's hard because I feel like a lot of women get BV. It's very normal, you guys. Super, to get BV. super, it's, super. It's just the only thing BV is bacterial vaginosis. It's just an imbalance of pH and bacterial growth. Mm-hmm down there and that could honestly be if you wore leggings for three fucking days straight completely and that happens maybe to all the time you know yeah, yeah, yeah it's no. whatever it happens and sometimes it could be linked to infidelity because that man had a dirty dick yeah okay i'm just gonna be he completely did. honest he did and had to be said and it 
It's not it's, always though. By it's the way. not always. It's not but always for like, you. In, that was but like that was definitely like another ooh, yeah red flag. Damn. Yeah, yeah, bad. It just was. It, it couldn't be my body screaming at me more like mm-hmm. this ain't your dude. Yeah, and chooch. but yes, your body was literally telling you that that this was not the one. But also, mm, the ending of this relationship was prolonged for a long time oh my god it, it, was, it was just like we would off. break up we yes. wouldn't speak but yep. like oh i i forgot to finish the toxic cycle let me get back there. oh yeah we we'll would have this this great great weekend together okay mm-hmm. we'd be on a high for about a week yeah things would be and good. then and then the next week it would be like mm, like chippy yeah and immature communication toxicity yep. it would be fighting it would be you know i don't really want to talk to you this is high school shit I'm not, I'm not speaking to you for a couple of days, mm-hmm. you know? And then I go through these like waves of anxiety, these waves of like, oh my God, I'm not good enough. I'm not this, I'm not that. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And then it'd be like, okay, well, we need to see each other. So yeah. then we would plan a trip. Mm-hmm. Then we would have that next week leading up to the trip where we would start to build back that relationship yeah. and start to be nicer to each other. Then we would see each other. It'd be all sunshine and roses because we yep. would sleep with each other mm-hmm. and that would be that. And then the toxic cycle. That is a continues. fucking drug. It that is people horrible. are not able to get. A lot of horrible. people cannot get they out of that. They can't break it. And nope. you know what, girlies, if you're in it, I see you, I hear you, I feel you, mm-hmm. I sympathize and empathize with you. Um, and I can't wait for the day that you're out because yep. it's going to be like liberating. It's I really, liberating. it's going to be tough for a while because well, your body yeah. is genuinely like not getting those dopamine hits. Yes. It and literally is it's, addicting. It's, it's addicting. Yeah. It is a drug release. There's so many podcasts on this. There's so many books out there and on this and, and mm-hmm. attachment and what people do and, and, and how they alter this, you know, way of being in tune with ourselves. But I mean, it, he wasn't my person. Yeah. I wish that I had gone back and just trusted my gut. I know mm-hmm. that Sophia used to ask me all the time, what's your gut telling you right now? Yeah. And my answer would always be, oh, he's going to be, like, so good. Like, he's going to be such a good dad. And he's going to yeah. be, like, yeah. you know, so successful. It was all, like, these future versions based on potential oh. that he had. Ooh. It was never what was face value, like, staring me right yeah. in the fucking face, yeah. how he was speaking to me. Yeah. And I think what really did it for me after what two and a half years of 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 being together it wasn't the it wasn't the the cheating or it wasn't the mm-hmm. fact that there was other girls or he always acted available it was the fact that he kept me a secret okay it was big he didn't tell his friends about me yep. there was only a like there are still only i think three or four people that knew that i was existent in his life two and a half fucking years you guys he had met my family. He had met all yeah. of my friends. He had come stayed with my family. He mm-hmm. had helped Sophia move out when she was going At through Oregon. the absolute. He's actually, you guys, he is the one that told me to leave Oregon. He did. He yeah. he looked at, I he was looked going, at self and yeah, I was like, like, you need to leave. Yeah, like, that was like one thing that I didn't say in the last episode, but it was like one time where I was at my wit's end at Oregon. It was fucking horrible. Found out that like you guys know my two best friends, my two only friends that were there at the time really turned their backs on me. And Chooch was like, well, you should go talk to, uh-huh. you know, the Voldemort. <laughs> we, we call him Voldy. Okay. He who shall not be named. So like, you should go talk to Voldemort. Like he'll take you, he'll pick you up, you guys. So we, he picked me up. We went to McDonald's. We got a, um, what do you McFlurry. Call? McFlurry. Yeah. And I was telling him about, about everything, which he wasn't really receiving because he's a fucking dude. And he was just like, you need to leave. Like, you're not happy here. 
like just it's go so home. simple just and go. He, he was literally like and, just and go he home. was and he is i will say like he definitely changed my outlook on on a little bit on, yeah. a, on things he helped of me course slow there's down good things that there, he will i'm for sure he did okay. help you slow down a lot. he did he did he super gentle soul yeah. like just was not in a place to give me what i wanted exactly and that's and that's just i don't want to sit here and like bash this is never going to get back to him yeah but like you know because guess what? I could walk by the most important people in mm-hmm. his life. They could be listeners of this podcast mm-hmm. and they would never know that I dated him. It totally. Okay. Yeah, like, never and know. that's what's so sad is that this whole time I've got, you know, this identity issue mm. going through high school, this yeah. identity issue going through college of not being good enough. And then this Okay, is your and now first I'm finally experience. good enough for someone, yep. but I'm not good enough to be shown off. Ugh. I'm not good enough to be like I, I'm not good enough to meet your friends yeah or your family like what's wrong with me yeah then that's a whole other that layer of what's another wrong layer of like the way that you viewed yourself and it's Completely. like was just like there's like something wrong catalyst. and it was just mm. like i'm just not good enough yeah. for like anyone and and anything and, and this that the other so so that was obviously and that was like right before like we said covid and stuff yeah. now what do you think are things that you have done in your life over the past i guess you could say four or five years that mm-hmm. have helped you, things that you've prioritized, mm-hmm. things that you've done for yourself, because your mental health is in a lot oh my gosh, better it's just of a, a spot. Such a better place. You definitely um, have a way better energy and aura about you. You are putting yourself first. Mm-hmm. You are definitely a lot stronger. And obviously going through any type of relationship bullshit and you you always are going to grow from that you guys like you always will you're always going to come out stronger you're always going to learn a lesson there's always going to be an opportunity that comes that is like a hundred percent guaranteed you are always going to be you are always going to grow from that experience but what are things that you have done that you can tell all of our besties here about that has helped you a lot to put your mental health in a better spot Mm -hmm. and be able to be like, you know what? I am good enough and I am a yeah, fucking catch completely. because you have had relationships in the past couple of years where it's like, you know what? These people, these guys are not up at my level. Like they don't no, deserve totally, to have somebody totally, like me. And she's totally. even come to that place. So tell us yeah. what you think you've done that has helped you get to that spot because it is doable. Like you're living proof that you can get through completely, really fucking completely. toxic relationships. I think so. One thing that I like really started to do, which I started to care a little bit more about my appearance, not mm-hmm. for the male gaze, but for my own. Oof. Okay. Yeah. I started to dress in things that made me feel confident, made me feel sexy, whether that was like a sundress wearing that to farmer's market or something or wearing like, I, I've got good boobs. Okay. Oh, she was. She I love my boobs. They're like my, my biggest you, asset. She like. <laughs> got a mom. I don't know why you chose to, to get the boobs <laughs> or God. I don't know who did that, but she has got these, she has got great fucking But titties. I just started to like dress in something that made me feel confident and made mm. me feel good. If I was walking to a, into a room where it was just a, like a, a barbecue or if it was a, you know, a small get together with friends. Like Mm -hmm. I dressed in something that made me feel confident. Okay. I was not dressing to go get laid. Mm -hmm. I was not dressing to go find a husband. I was dressing in something that made me feel sexy, made me feel good because I, and at that point, like you just start to radiate a different type of energy, you you know, you do when you buy clothes and dress, because you've always been really good at dressing to flatter your body shape and her, like not her best feature. Like you've got 
great eyes, great eyebrows, great hair. Like you've got a lot going for you, but you accentuate the fact that you've got perfect fucking boobs, natural so, boobs. Totally. Natural, so dress yeah. to accentuate it, but not in a way that's like, you know, way Out it there. comes off yeah, where it's too, no. too much, but you've always been really good at And I know that some people, they, you know, type. they don't have the, you know, means to completely change their wardrobe. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the means and yeah. I like put myself into debt to change my, <laughs> don't do that girlies. No, don't, don't do that. Really, girlies, the besties, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, anyways, but you know, go through your closet, like put on things that make you feel good. Set that aside. Guess what? No one fucking cares if you outfit repeat. Yeah. Um, nobody's going to know. No one's going to fucking know. Yeah. So I think that was like, yes, that's superficial, but that was like my first thing is yeah. being able to walk into a room and feel good about myself. Okay. Like, and just, I look good. I look good tonight. And that and then, exudes an energy. Completely. Oof, that will, All right. Yeah. I think on like the back end of things, I started to read some self-help books. Mm-hmm. I did. That got a little overwhelming. I have to go through waves of bringing in self-help yeah. with like fiction series and yeah. things like that because with some, with some it's smut. an overload. Yeah. Yes. You got to read some, you got to balance therapy books, smut totally. books. Yeah. Cause it's totally. a lot. I, I did. I started to open up, you know, reading and, and kind of prioritizing almost a healthier routine. Mm-hmm. I want to say, you know, fi- finding a balance of, of working out, whether that's two days a week, three days a week, building up. It doesn't have to be like a, you go to the gym for four hours. And that's the difference between my sister and I is oh, that God. I have been through, as you guys know, and still I'm in hardcore gym phase, not as much anymore. I'm changing what you guys know from my last episode, changing my routine. I'm, I'm working, I'm strength training a little less. I'm kind of like tailoring it to my cycle and stuff but I went through a hardcore gym phase totally. like you've never I've done never that. done that I'm, a, never I'm a, a gym girl I'm a group fitness she's a group late. fitness Pilates, Pilates. I need I need some good music playing yep. and love, someone love group fitness classes. I love I've always been a group fitness yeah. class girly Super and different we so stand. you then you got more into that. That was a huge. Thing I did. I did. I started to get like more wellness. into yoga and wellness and Pilates and things that kind of made me feel good places that made me feel comfortable Mm -hmm. um I started to you know fuel my body with things that might have been a a little healthier Mm -hmm. I think um I shifted basically bottom line is that I shifted just my perspective of taking care of myself for myself Mm. okay instead of taking care of yourself for other people for other people you did it for you I wasn't trying to like lose weight to like fit in or lose weight to you know have guys look at me or I wasn't trying to, you know, change my look or wear the clothes that I was wearing. I just, I wanted to just finally feel good about myself and look at myself in the mirror and be like, you're a sexy bitch. Mm. You're a catch, Mm. you know, affirmations in the mirror. People think they're crazy, but they do work. No, they they do do. work. Okay. And, you know, my favorite one to say is, you know, when you walk into a place, you know, you're going to walk in. You are sexy. You are hot. You're magnetic. Mm. You're kind. You are like this, that, the other. And if people don't want to be with you, they want to be you. Yeah. Okay? Oh, so that's that is what my, my friend Olivia and I, we always scream you, that at each other. And we're right before like, you're about to leave the right door before, to walk out when oh, you yeah. go out. Because you I want like people, magnetic. you know, we want, you want people to like, be like, fuck. Not like, ew. Like, yeah. Look at those girls. You want, you want people to look and be like, damn yes who's that yeah okay like I want to be like that yeah okay and you could be having the shittiest day in of the week Mm -hmm. but you're out and you're just feeling yourself right 
Um, I started journaling. Yeah. A lot. I did. did. Um, something that I've struggled with is just kind of compiling a lot of my thoughts in my head. And then mm-hmm. I ha- would have like one major mental breakdown. Yeah. Like a month. And yeah. it'd be really bad. Yeah. Like it would, I would just bad. like. My breakdowns are bad too, but yours are. Mine are horrible. Yeah, my mentees are just like, yeah. it's a volcanic eruption. It it's is. tragic. But, um, and the lava, it hits everyone. It hits everyone. It does. It Which just, is usually me, mom, dad. And whoever is directly around me. Yeah. Yeah. And I I remember my roommate last year was like, I think you, I think you need to talk to someone. Which, perfect segue. I am in therapy. Therapy is hot. Therapy is so hot and it is so much fun. It does. Obviously, like, you know, I feel like it sucks that therapy is kind of a luxury sometimes. Like it's. Oh yeah, it does. It's really, it's expensive. It is expensive. Oh gosh, I just wish that it was like more. I mean, there there are some things out there that are there very, are very, very, very cost efficient. Cost efficient. Yeah, you can just you can you can build. Okay, mm-hmm. you, it's you start small and you just speak to someone. Yeah, and it's someone that knows nothing about your fucking life. What a fucking great and it, time! And they just offer this advice or they validate your feelings mm-hmm. in a way where it's like. Sophia, you're my sister. You're supposed to validate my feelings. Yeah, it's like, part of the sister handbook. That, like, right? Your best friends are supposed to validate your feelings, even if they turn to you and be like, you're being a dumb bitch. Yeah, like, I wish I have. I'll be like, completely. I don't agree with what you're doing, but I understand why you do it. Like, keep keep doing it. Keep doing it. Yeah, and we just had a talk yesterday where yeah, she, like, looked at me and was like, don't really know why you're still entertaining this, but yeah. if you think that that's something that you need to do. I get it. Go for it, yeah, I guess. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, but so. how has your experience with therapy been? Therapy has been really, really great. I have been in it for a couple months now. Mm-hmm. Um, Which you had to therapy shop a little bit. I did have to therapy shop a little bit, but Which I found a company hard. that kind of linked me with um, mm-hmm. therapists in the Bay Area. I found um, this wonderful, wonderful lady who just makes it feel like such a safe space, such a relatable space. Mm -hmm. And um, she has a bit of sarcasm as well, which I personally appreciate because I do respond like well to taking a little bit of the seriousness out of a situation. Um, I've always been someone that is like really honest with like my family, my friends. Mm -hmm. And I'm like to a T, like sometimes it really does hurt feelings. And I, I'm sorry, my my people. That's good. But but some people deserve to get oftentimes like, I will crack a joke or I'll throw in some sarcasm just to like lighten up a situation. So I do appreciate that she has that. Um, I got into it because I was starting to have a mentee about, you know, a little situation that I had been in Mm -hmm. and it just, I, it's something that triggered again, this, this not, this feeling of not being good enough. Yeah. Okay. And not being, you know, a, a choice and just feeling like I was finally on like a path to somewhere that like felt mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. and like was really feeling right at the time. Yeah. And then just having it like smack me in the face, just be like, no, you're just an option. Yep. And I'm like, oh God, I just want to be number one. I want to be a choice. Like I want to yeah. be the choice. I want to be someone that looks at me and is like, yes. Oh my gosh. Like you tick every box for me. Like mm-hmm. you're just like different than all the rest. Yep. But it just was a situation where it just made me feel like maybe I, my head was a bit too much in the clouds at the time. And, and I wouldn't even say that. I don't know. I and so, everything, I mean, everything that was like being fed to you and, you know, everything, I think you felt the way that you felt and I would have felt the same way. 
Totally. And, and everything I think was working out. The second well. that I like spiraled and started to speak to myself mm-hmm. bad, yeah. I was like, we are not doing it. Yeah. Okay. And I feel like there was a part of me in my younger years that felt super comfortable in that space of being upset. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like, it's almost like I ate it up for breakfast. Yeah. Like being like that, being sad about something. Yeah. Or being angry about mm-hmm. something or being like, this and at this point I just remember I was having this like horrible panic attack and I called my friend he was the only one that I knew was awake at like 2 a.m because he worked night shifts and I was like I literally like I can't fucking breathe right now Mm -hmm. like I'm I feel crazy and he was like okay well first off we're gonna breathe yeah and we're gonna be okay yeah and I think like the next day I realized I was like I don't want to be in that space. Yeah, that is not. I don't want to be. Ling- I don't want to be lingering in that. Like, I don't want to be upset. Like, what's next? And the next step for me was to start speaking to someone, to start creating more boundaries, to start, yeah. you know, sp- like speaking on things in my life that maybe I didn't realize have like played a role in mm-hmm. the way that my thought process is. Yeah. So breaking that down with her, though, we're still so early on getting to know each other. She's getting to know me. Like. There's so much that I'm getting out of this yeah. opportunity and it's, you know, the the guilt that I would feel calling my friends and calling my sister and calling my family mm-hmm. like over and over again and just like explaining Which these is things. Which is not what like, like friends and family are, are there, there for, for but, but I think a, to, to a, a certain extent. So having that space weekly just to let it all out. Oh, In a very judgment, judgment-free zone, in a zone where you can be given a prompt or you can be given some sort of kind of tool to use. Mm-hmm. And I think what's so great about it is that you're given something that's like, it's just a step. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like I've always been this type of person that looks at like a long list of shit. Yeah. I look at like the staircase and I'm like, how yeah. the fuck am I going to get to the top of the staircase? Like right now when in reality, like you have to figure out how you're going to get on the first step. Get on the first step. Yeah. And I think what's so nice is that it's like, okay, for this next week, like, let's do this let's like take it take it back a notch like you mm-hmm. know claim back some of your energy let's do this let's let's fix this part of the routine let's create this boundary with this person and this 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 but it's just one thing that it's you're just given. one week one and then task, and then week. okay we check in on it and it's like okay like let's implement that let's let's keep going and then let's build let's mm-hmm. take that next step mm-hmm. and so I think therapy has been really great I think journaling has been so helpful for me to get just my thoughts out on paper and I still haven't figured out how I want the journal to be. I almost feel like I'm talking to the journal and that's, that's how I'm like yep. writing at it. And it's. I think journaling is intimidating for a lot of people. I was really into journaling a couple of years ago and I've totally fallen out of it. Mm-hmm. But I used to be so fixated on like how the journal needed to sound or look when in reality, you're the only person that's going to fucking read it. It does not matter. Oh, you no. don't have to like, if you're the type of person that needs a guided journal where it's like what's one high and low of today? Like some people like that where they're like, ask me a few questions so I can get it out. But I loved a blank page and just, it didn't matter what it fucking sounded like. You just kind of got it out and then you close the book and then you leave it. Yeah. You don't really need to even look back at it. I I don't feel like I'm ever going to read back, reread these. I think I just needed to have an outlet to help me get through my head Mm -hmm. and just clear it up a little bit because I struggled so much with just having so much in you my head that it was like bogging me down and I couldn't focus and I couldn't really like pour into like the people most important to my life and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And I mean, that's another, another thing that I did is yeah. that I just started to like 
work on my relationships with people yeah, in my life. Totally. You know, just try to get back in tune with my friends and my family. And I think and just, you started, the biggest thing I think too, was saying no to a lot of things. And no is a full sentence. You never have to explain yourself I, after you say no. Elizabeth no Olsen, bless your soul for yeah. saying that. No is a yeah. full motherfucking sentence, you guys. Like you don't have to explain yourself to no. people. You can just say no. And and that is okay. And you started saying no because you always were a yes girl. You said yes to everything. Yes. To the yeah. point where it started to like consume Completely. your identity and, and who you are and affect your mental health where you now say comfortably no and yes to the right things now. Whereas that's, before and that's it and was that's, not and that the comes case. With, that comes with age. Yeah, it does. Totally. It, and, you know, for those that are in their, you know, mid-20s or early 20s in college and things like that, like, I recommend saying yes yeah, to everything. Yeah, say, like, like go, college, go to the fucking like, Euro trip. If you can study abroad, study abroad. If you want to go oh on the weekend God. bender, go bend on the fucking weekend bender. Like, bend, it. bend it, baby. And but But now it's like, okay – Things that start to sacrifice, like your sleep schedule, yeah. things that kind of maybe, you know, some bad habits with alcohol and drugs and, and just some things that, you know, you wake up and you're feeling one thing mm-hmm. and the next day you can wake up and feel a whole other thing and neither one of them is right yeah. and neither one of them is wrong. Yeah. Okay. Amen. And I think it's just like getting more in tune with like protecting your peace, yeah. your energy, yeah. what's going to make you stable and happy, creating boundaries with your friends, your family, mm-hmm. relationships, situationships, yeah. fucking whatever the fucker, delusional ships. I think those are oh delulus. The deluluships. The deluluships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all of, all of those, you know, just don't sacrifice your own peace and protect your peace, protect your energy, oh protect your peace. I think that's a huge takeaway. Like, Oh, it's okay to say no. I think the biggest like advice almost that I could like give to someone is like the, the second that something starts altering your sleep schedule. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's a wide broad thing okay yeah if you're having anxiety about a significant other okay and you're being kept up at night and you're checking your phone and you're waiting for them to call and it's like heart pounding you can hear it thumping okay or you know your career maybe your maybe your career your job you're thinking you're staying up late okay Mm -hmm. well you're on a fixed salary you're you're not getting paid paid to do that Mm yeah okay Mm -hmm. right um you're staying up you're saying you're you're going out, you're partying, and you're staying up until three, four a.m. Mm-hmm. in the morning, and you're waking up the next morning feeling like dog shit. Yeah. Okay. That the minute that you start realizing that like something is off, and I'm not I'm not getting wrong, I love a good bender. Okay. Yeah. I love a good like oh yeah three four a.m. night out with my friends totally clubbing. Like, but when you do that all weekend every weekend, I don't know about that. I need I need some rest. Yeah. Um. But the minute that something starts kind of compromising your sleep, and I know that that's like so trivial, but for me, it's, it's so like true though. Oh, wait a minute. Why am I up crying at one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning? Mm-hmm. Hold hold the phone. Yeah. Because you need, need your motherfucking beauty rest. Okay. Okay. You want to look good and feel good when you wake up. And don't get me wrong. There's gonna be some days where you're just like, I'm not tired. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. I'm not talking about those days. No. I'm talking about the day where you can't fucking sleep Wait. because you're thinking so hardly about a situation or a person. Fun. Yeah. Okay. And your sleep affects your health. I mean, I've touched on it in tenfold. a podcast 
couple podcasts ago, but your sleep is probably sleep and stress. Those are the biggest things that will affect your hormones, mm-hmm. your health, mm-hmm. your hair, your skin, your gut health, horm- like literally everything. It will affect everything. I think that's a really, really, that's a really good, I think, ending to the podcast is if you find that there's a situation or things that you're going through life with and it's affecting your sleep, again, like as trivial as it is, no, it's it, that it, is it's a really, really big telltale sign on maybe it's time to do some reflecting and be like, hmm, where am I at in life? Like what is causing me to lose sleep? Why is that? And maybe what are things I can do to work on it and maybe get, get some fucking beauty sleep. Totally. You guys need to get your beauty sleep. But I think that's where we're going to end here, you guys. What a fantastic episode. I think we covered everything lot, under the sun. A lot of things. This is going to be an ongoing thing. Chooch will be... I'll be back. She'll be back, you guys. She will be back for sure. But thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I'm just, this was like the best day ever. I know. We had such a good sister day. But such I just, a good sister day. You know, I'll just like... I'll end it here. You know, I'm so proud of you okay like just so proud of you you are the hardest working person that I know and everything that you have in life is just so well deserved you know I just I'm so proud and you guys we we are out to coffee today and my god I started lovely lovely lady came up and just said that she's like you know my my partner's been following you for forever and Mm -hmm. you're just such a huge inspiration to her and you you know, you are, and I'm just sitting there in awe, like, oh my God, I just want to shake this, this person's hand. I just want to like give them a hug because it just means the world that, you know, she is so, she's been my person for so long. And the fact that you can be this person to so many other people, like I just couldn't be happier to share Mm -hmm. you with people because I just know that you're so relatable and People are struggling and they need people like you, okay? Because I've struggled for so long and you've been my rock. So. Oh my God. <laughs> Bitch, please. <laughs> uh, oh my God. It. That's I know. It. Sister bonds are the best. Um, oh my God. What a good episode. This I was know. so heartfelt. Hopefully, you guys liked this. This was so fun for us, I feel like, to record. We're going to totally. look back on this and it's going to be so fun to have this to, you know, I mean, even in just a year, we'll look back and be like, oh my God, remember when we were in your old townhome and we did this? But yeah, thanks for coming on. This was such a good perspective. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and you got to see an extension of who I am. Like, why is this ending sad? Oh my God. God, But my sister is- Get together. (laughs) Get it fucking together. Fuck. But my sister is an extension of who I am and I always want to be able to have the opportunity- to share more pieces of me because, you know, on the internet, you guys, it's so easy to show you all as, as, you know, relatable as I try to be and as real as I try to keep it, it's, it's still, you know, hard to see the full part of me. And that's why I fucking love this podcast. It's my little baby because I feel like I'm able to open up to you guys in a whole different way. And this is only the first of many guests on this pod. And mm-hmm. I'm so glad that the first one got to be you. This was such a great chat. And I think that we opened up on a lot of different perspectives that hopefully is relatable to you guys, two different sides of the spectrum with my sister and I. Um, but thank you again for coming on. Of course. You guys love you all. I loved, we loved hanging out with this you guys so today. This I want to so, be back. podcasting so fun? Podcasting is so it's fun. It's so fun. And I love to share this with you guys. And you know, you guys are my favorite people 
to hang out with every single week. If you took the time out of your day to listen to this podcast, I know it was a little bit of a longer one, but if you took the time to listen to all of this, thank you so freaking much. you. You are the absolute best. You guys know that you are the reason that I'm doing what I'm able to do today. And I'm forever grateful for all of you. And on that note, we love you guys. We love you. And we get will, your sleep, baby. Yeah, get, get your, your beauty sleep. Get your sleep. Get your beauty sleep, okay? <laughs> and I love you guys, and I will talk to you soon.